Hey Harley, welcome to the fourth edition of the Harley Parlay, a middle school podcast. Today, we will be talking about the common speaker series on how to become energy smart. This week on the bulletin board, a group of eighth graders threw a party for homeless children. They spent so much time working this, and the result was amazing. Good job, 8th grade. Next week is Expedition Week. 5th grade is going to Niagara Falls, and 6th grade is going to to Outdoor Ed, staying at the Watson Homestead. 7th grade is going to Boston, and 8th grade is going to D.C. Everyone is really excited, and the experiences should be awesome. There will also not be any podcasts next week due to all the activities in the middle school. Now on to Ming for this week's feature. Thanks, Eva. Today I talked to Dr. Joel Pasternak about energy awareness. He was featured Wednesday for the Common Speaker Series. Oh, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Okay, so can I just ask you a few questions? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so last night at Harley you were uh, talking the Common Speaker Series. What did you talk about? Well... I talked about energy use and units. It was a combination of, of physics, high school physics discussion with applications to what people do in their regular lives. So, for example, we talked about units that measure energy and the difference between energy and power. And then we took those units and we looked at, at the gas and electric bill and how we pay for natural gas and energy in our house yeah. and how we pay for electricity that comes into our house. Yeah. Um, so that's, that was the, that was really the core of what I was talking about. And then we had some applications. We talked about uh, generators that people, a gasoline generator that people would use when there was an electric blackout. Did you, did you lose power in your house when we had the blackout two weeks ago uh, or a month ago? Uh, yes, I did for a few days. Did you have? Did your family have a generator, or did you just get cold in the house? Yeah, we just got cold. We ended up staying in my grandma's apartment building. Oh, okay. Because it was too cold to stay where you're in your own house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Our house is really cold too. We don't have a generator either. Um, our neighbors... Did you hear generator going in in your neighborhood? Yeah, I was just about to... yeah. I was just about to say that our neighbors did, and it was extremely loud. Yeah, it's very loud, mm-hmm. and that's a really. So one of the, the you know, so one about the generators, one of the points I made that they're extremely loud, um, and they also get hot, yeah. And and because of that, they're not that efficient. In other words, what what it costs you to buy gasoline, put it in the generator, and then produce electricity, it's much more expensive than what you're paying RG&E to deliver ex, uh, electricity to your house, even though RG&E produces that electricity someplace far away and they have a complex system of delivering it, it's still what it came out of from my discussion, from my electric bill in any way, was it was thirteen cents a kilowatt hour to, to pay RG and E to deliver electricity. And when when the gas a typical gas generator was used, it was forty four cents an hour. A kilowatt hour. Wow, okay. So it, it was it was more than three times as expensive to produce your own electricity from gasoline in a generator um, 
then then we then you pay when when RGD delivers it. And that's it's interesting for two reasons because you know that generator is plugged right into your house, so there's no big distribution costs. And still, RGD makes money at uh, at 13 cents a kilowatt hour when when for to do it yourself it was it came out to 44 cents. And and that 44 cents I used the specs the specifications that the company that sells the generator used. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first that was the first application. That's and then the next application we talked about was electric cars. Now uh, it turns out that I I have a Prius. Yeah. A Prius is a a car that has a uh, it has an electric component as a battery, and it also uses gasoline. Yeah. And it, you know it gets about fifty miles a gallon on gasoline, but you can drive it the way I have the new Prius. I uh, I sold my ten year old Prius and got a new one, and the new one has a characteristic that I plug it into an outlet in my garage, and I charge it overnight, and and then it can drive for 25 miles without burning any gas at all. That's impressive. So it doesn't have any emissions at all, and it's very quiet. Yeah. One of the things when you start it, and one of the warning, one of the big warnings is you have to be careful, look around the car, because other people can't hear your car. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to watch where you're going. So you can go 25 miles on just electricity. And so then I proposed to the group, well, am I saving a lot of money here? And if so, how much am I saving? And because you have to recognize that you got to pay for the electricity that you put in the car. And so in this particular instance, we did a little calculation based on my car. And if gasoline costs more than $2.08 a gallon, then it was cheaper to use the electricity in my garage to make the car, to power the car than to buy gasoline. But if gasoline was less than $2.08 a gallon, then it was cheaper to go buy gas and put it in the car. Yeah. And so that was what this talk was about. Now, if you look at it, one of the, of the people who came, one of the community gentlemen mentioned that, um, that that's not a good way to look at it because the, there's another advantage because the, when it's running on electricity, it's not, uh, discharging any carbon dioxide or anything into the environment. It's just it's just running on electricity. It's quiet and there's no exhaust. Mm-hmm. And so the air is cleaner because of that car. And then somebody else pointed out, well, that's true. The air is cleaner here, but let's suppose that that electricity that was used to charge my car was produced at some coal-powered plant um, someplace else, and it's polluting over there, and we're not we're just not seeing it here in in Rochester and Pittsburgh where I'm driving my car. So that was part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, so there wasn't any uh, decision about what's right or wrong, but it's just that if you're going to look at an electric car, then you have to look at uh, what its effects are immediate in, ter- in terms of cost and also what its effects are in the environment. Mm-hmm. And then after that, should I keep telling you what we did? Or, or you have some specific questions? Ah, uh, yes, I do have I a few keep... questions. All right, you you want to ask your questions, or should I keep telling you what we did? Yeah, can I just ask you my questions? Sure, go ahead. So, someone my age, about um thirteen, someone in eighth grade, what should we know about energy 
its usage and should it actually be taught in school? Well, I think what you should, first of all, you're at the right age, you're 13 years old, you're old enough to learn some basic physics. So yeah. that means you could learn the measurements that are used to measure energy. So that means you could, you would know what a foot pound is and a joule and an erg and a, and a, and a watt hour and a, and a kilowatt hour. Yeah, I do know and a few of those. So, you, so right. So, so you, you could know all those things and then you could know the difference between energy and power, mm-hmm. you know, power of things like watts and kilowatts and horsepower. Um, those are units of, of power or foot pounds per second, um, joules per second. Those are all units of power. So at, at, as an eighth grader, you could learn those basic units and then you could understand, for example, um, when your parents look at the, at the bill that you get from RG&E for your gas and electric. Because one of the things that, that you, you could learn is that the heat units like calories and, and BTUs, which is what, and therms, which are heat units that are on the gas bill, those units are, are just energy units and they can be converted between, you can convert from BTUs or calories to um, other energy uh, units like joules or kilowatt hours. You can convert BTUs to kilowatt hours. Yeah. So, and that, and if you did that, then you would understand that in, if you looked at your parents' gas and electric bill, there's a gas part where they charge you by the therm, and there's an electric part where they charge you by the kilowatt hours. But since you're uh, eighth grader who learned this, you could convert therms to kilowatt hours and and kilowatt hours to therms. So you could compare how much they're actually paying for energy measured in either of those units when they pay when they get the, when they buy their energy as gas or when they buy their energy as electric. Yeah. And so then, if if one of your parents tells you to turn out the light, turn turn out the lights or or not run the dryer when there's only two pieces of clothes in it, mm-hmm. um, then you could see that that there's a lot of energy use and there's significant cost um, for it. So, On the other hand, go ahead. So it should be, uh, sorry, it should be something that's like actual unit in science that we could learn about, the conversions. Uh, we could like take a look at a real actual electrical bill and like kind of decipher what all those numbers mean. That's correct. In other words, it's not hard if you learn the little basic physics units that measure energy and power. You could, you would be able to convert from the way they they just traditionally do it. Just because by tradition they use different units for for gas than they do for electricity, but they're both they're selling you energy. And so you, as a student who can learn physics, you would be able to convert those so you're looking at the same thing yeah so for example if if your your parents wanted to get a hot water heater that you could be able to help them understand why a, a gas hot water heater is going to be cheaper to run even though it's more expensive to buy and install mm-hmm. and, and so that's kind of yes go ahead and just um one last question i'm running about i'm running low on time okay what, 
so what kind of like small things can I just do every day that can be, be that over a period of time would become sustainable? Well, I mean, the small, the, the small things that I think you can do is if, if you can walk to your friend's house or walk to school or walk to, 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 to a store or walk to wherever you're going, yeah. um, instead of having to ride, um, yeah. and if you had a bicycle instead of a motorcycle, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, I mean, the basic con- conservation things and just be cognizant of the fact that when you're using energy for a thing, whether it's not turning the lights off or, or whatever, um, that, that energy has a cost both in money and cost to the environment. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for talking to me. Okay. And um, have a nice Thanks day. Thanks again, Joel, for taking the time to talk with me. And next, here's Catherine with this week's puzzle segment. And now, here are the answers to last week's brain teaser. Jill knew Jack was lying because pages 15 and 16 are printed on one sheet. The answer for the second brain teaser, the police will arrest April because mail doesn't come on Sundays. This week's puzzle is a riddle. Born at the same time as the world, destined to live as long as the world, and yet never five weeks old. What is it? And now, here is a haiku from Harley in honor of Earth Day. Spinning blue and green, do your best to keep it clean, peaceful, and pretty. Thanks, Catherine. That wraps it up for this episode of the Harley Parlay. Tune in next week. Have a good weekend, Harley. Harley.